Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Help Desk for Wednesday, the 2nd of December. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And Tess, we've got a lot of Australian stories, but first up, it's the story we all predicted. Salesforce has bought Slack. Yeah, so as uh, forecast last week, uh, Salesforce has actually gone ahead and signed the deal to buy Slack for $27.7 billion. Uh, We could just call that $28 billion to make life easier as a podcaster. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in Australian dollary dues, that's $37.5 billion. And this, the deal comes after years of Slack rejecting offers from Microsoft and Google, uh, who both showed interest in buying the company. And uh, Microsoft went on to build Teams, a Slack competitor in-house, and has since grown into somewhat of a Zoom competitor as well. Google, meanwhile, uh, has incorporated Slack into its workspace tools. Yeah, Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff said that this is a match made in heaven. Together, Salesforce and Slack will shape the future of enterprise software and transform the way everyone works in an all-digital, work-from-anywhere world. Uh, Slack CEO Stuart Butterfield was equally as uh, happy with the deal, saying we share a vision of reduced complexity, increased power and flexibility. Personally, I believe this is the most strategic combination in the history of software, and I can't wait for it to get going. So... While both companies are putting a very positive spin on things, it does seem like Slack has hit the ceiling of organic growth that we talked about last week. And that's one of the reasons why Butterfield probably, who has been very reluctant to sell his baby. If you don't know about Stuart Butterfield, he he originally created Flickr and sold that off to Yahoo in the web 1.0 days and was not happy with how that all panned out. And so for a long time, he's been very reluctant to sell Slack. But yeah, it really does seem like if if Slack wasn't going to grow during COVID, um, then it looked like uh, someone was eventually going to go buy them. Yeah. And I think the number one question a lot of the really passionate Slack users and newcomers to Slack this year have is, does this mean that the free tier of Slack is going to go away? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think one of the the issues with Slack, and and Butterfield was uh, quick to point this out in many interviews that I've read over the years, is that they did make, he felt that they made the the free tier a little bit too generous. And I understand that. I think that that is is probably fair. Like I'm in a bunch of different Slacks that are mainly free. I'm, I'm a member of one community Slack that is actually a paid-for community, but the majority are free, and yeah, the, it does most of the of what we need it to do. So I, it's a it's a tricky one when it comes to growth. Is you know how much do you give away for free? How much do you kind of force people into that paid tier? And and I guess Slack just you know they they erred on the side of growth and and giving away a lot more than they may have needed to but that that made them the the 
companies synonymous with this kind of uh, chat software. But Slack is now facing a lot of competition from other sources. So Discord is something that actually kind of took on Slack's role. Slack originally started as a video game chat software, and that is what Discord really heavily leans into. It's also added video and and chat and a whole bunch of other stuff that, that Slack has kind of not been able to compete with. So yeah, I wonder if we're going to see a whole bunch of people moving to Discord. Quite possibly. I think um, that that could happen whether or not that's got enough of an appeal for the day-to-day office worker to Mm. uh, learn a new platform is another question. Uh, and, And the other big piece of commentary around this deal has been around Mark Benioff's aspirations to continue to build Salesforce into this giant technology company and Really, it looks like it could be shaping up to become a competitor to Microsoft uh, and Office 365. Yeah, not all of the pieces are there, though, in the puzzle. I mean, they they don't have anything like a, a document sharing or Excel or... I mean, and I kind of feel that, like, maybe if they purchased Zoom at the, at the same time, that would be a far more compelling thing and Salesforce would suddenly be on everyone's mind, but... Yeah, as it stands at the moment, not too sure about that. And uh, the other wild, crazy speculation that I've heard thrown around, not by many people though, is the possibility of Microsoft one day buying Adobe, which would align it a little more around the marketing and commerce piece that that Salesforce has. Whether or not the, the price is right for, for that deal to, to happen is another matter. That terrifies me. <laughs> that thought just terrifies me. <laughs> Uh, moving on, and the NBN Co. has opened up a quote generator for user pays fiber upgrades. So NBN Co. has soft launched an instant quote generator for its user pays program. The quote generator is now free. It used to cost 350 bucks just to find out how much it would cost you to upgrade uh, to fiber to your premises. And that is before any you know, upgrades were talked about. So yeah, there's a lot of people online who have been sharing the quotes that this calculator has generated for them. And don't expect these upgrades to be cheap. The quotes I've seen have been anyway from anywhere from $2,000 to $20,000 for a fiber upgrade. My place would be eight and a half thousand dollars to connect. And the average upgrades for residential homes seem to be the in the five to seven thousand mark, depending on the current infrastructure in your area. And there's some thought here that maybe MBN Co is hoping that impatient customers will pay their own way to fiber rather than wait for a few more years for what would be a free upgrade. Yeah, I'm not dropping down that kind of coin anytime soon. I mean, I I wish we had fiber in my area, but uh, HFC is doing me just well. I don't need to spend. I I, did, I checked mine as well. Mine was seven thousand dollars to upgrade my premises, and and that's where I think is this just a PR move? Like, is this something where NBN Co is saying, look, we don't expect you know we expect maybe one percent of people to take us up on this offer, but we're showing you how much it's going to cost us just so that you get off our backs and and understand why we didn't go fiber in the first place. It's really interesting because these are numbers that people can understand, kind of like Australia Post and the $20,000 Cartier watches. That's easier. These are easier numbers to get your head around and think, oh, I'd never be able to get that in my household budget rather than the billion dollar programs that are the sort of big headline numbers. And as consumers, I think we've just been trained to expect that the internet is a utility. I shouldn't have to pay an obscene amount to have 
it plugged in at my place and it should be priced in a way that's similar to to water and electricity. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Uh, And I I must admit that I have seen one or two people in my feed seriously contemplating it, but they, they work from home and it would actually save them money, possibly in the long run. Anyway, the nerds have logged onto COVIDSafe's GitHub page and they're quite fascinating uh, discussions happening over there. Yeah, so as promised, the government has posted the code to its new COVIDSafe app uh, to GitHub, which is a popular code sharing website. GitHub allows anyone to mark issues they find with the code or ask for clarifications from the developers. iOS developers have been quick to post concerns on the app's performance under a thread that's in our show notes today. Yeah, and if you read the thread, you can see that uh, the person who is posting as the developer of COVIDSafe is answering questions and concerns, but they're doing it with the same scorecard matrix we've been seeing over the media over the last couple of days. Unfortunately, the developers in the thread are not happy with this matrix, which is just a very simple little thing that says excellent, excellent, excellent. And many have compiled the code themselves on their own devices and ran their own devices under testing mode. The majority have found that two phones, two iPhones, I should say, side by side, do not share tokens when both devices are locked or the app is in the background. Developers have been asking the COVID-safe team to share their own testing methods and so they can see how they're actually coming up with the, these excellent scores. Yeah, so it's interesting reading through this thread. It, it seems like the COVID-safe team are trying to you know, be transparent, but not actually being transparent. And they haven't really got the hang of how the open source community actually works. Absolutely. Yeah. If you go to any other GitHub projects, then you'll see majority, majority of this stuff is not under threads and comments like this. It's, it's generally pull requests. So, you know, you find something that's broken in an app and you say, fix this. And this is, this is my testing. And, and that becomes a mark against the app that the developer will then go ahead and fix and thank you for discovering the bug. Uh, This is not how that's playing out at all. This is them saying, hey, uh, we're not showing you what's happening here, but we keep saying that it's good, so that's enough for us. It reminds me of um, asking a a PR department or a comms department for questions and they're just like, here's a statement that doesn't answer any of the questions. My favourite one is when they say, no one's ever asked that before. That's a great question. We'll have to get back to you. It's deflection with a little bit of a compliment thrown in. Moving on, there is a story in the fin that the government may be missing out on the $159 billion video games industry opportunity that is presenting itself in Australia. So the video games industry has had a bumper 2020 as gamers have been locked down and entertaining themselves in, in ways that gaming can provide. So gaming, for, for many people, is, is like a social way of going out. It is just as popular as Zoom for some people to, to jump online and, and play a game where the game is not really the point. It's more the, the social aspect of the game. And I've I found uh, a lot of parents as well have been playing a lot more with their kids because it's a, it's a less guilty version of screen time that you can do. You know? You're interacting, you're chatting about things and you're, you're problem solving, which is a lot better than, say, parking a kid in front of Peppa Pig for 12 hours. So, but with all this positivity, Ross Simmons at The Fin thinks Australia is leaving money on the table as the video games industry is fighting for the recognition and government funding. As he points out, Australia is one of the very few nations with no federal government support for the sector. So in this article, Simmons says that the sector is appealing as an export opportunity with 83% of the local industry's revenue generated overseas. 
Unlike the film and TV industry, the Australian video game sector is largely self-sufficient, turning a profit year over year. Video games are being supported at a state level, most notably in Victoria, New South Wales and South Australia, but receive zero federal funding. And a boost in government assistance could help the industry grow and leading to more award-winning games. And reading this story, it just reminds me, these, or it sounds like these are very, very similar complaints to what we hear from Australia's software development industry, which is also not sure where they stand with the government at the moment and how much support they're going to get. Uh, and they're, they're eyeing these massive overseas opportunities as well. I, I, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with some people from the, the gaming industry and when I asked why they don't get funding, they, they kind of said at one point, well, you know, whenever we talk about it, we're, we're seen as entertainment. And then so the government always asks, like, can you get a Hemsworth to be involved? Or, you know, like, uh, so it, it seems very, the, the industry itself seems incredibly frustrated with the lack of support that they're getting. And, and, and like Ross Simmons points out, it is turning a profit. It, it's just a matter of, uh, the, the industry needs a little bit more research and development spend so that it can create even more profit, uh, which would seem like a much better position than, say, our film and TV industry, which really struggles to, to find hits out, out in the greater world. Although there are all those, you know, movie stars that have had to relocate to Byron Bay to escape coronavirus. This could be, you know, Australia's time. <laughs> it could be. could be. Well, thank you, Tess Bennett, for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Peter. And we will speak to you tomorrow. Have a great one. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.